This week on Mouse Flicks, movie theater restrictions kill your dreams, Star Wars secrets, and the fandom you better recognize. So silence your cell phones and settle in. You're listening to episode 13 of the Mouse Flicks podcast. Mouseflix is a fan-produced podcast dedicated to Disney film and entertainment. Lend us your ears for news, reviews, and commentary on the film House of Mouse. Mouseflix is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney Pictures, Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, or their partners and subsidiaries. All opinions expressed via Mouseflix Media are solely those of the podcasters and do not represent the views of any other individual or entity. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to Mouseflix. I'm Kristen DiBiase. Halloween was this past weekend, and of the trick-or-treaters we saw, Iron Man was solidly in first place as the most popular costume followed by a bunch of firemen. I was extremely surprised to see only two Elses and one Anna. What did you do to celebrate this weekend? In my household, my very patient and understanding husband and I kicked up our feet and spent the entire weekend on the couch in a blur of Twix, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and horror movies. I'm just now coming out of the candy coma. So, let's talk Mickey and the movies. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It's time for news nibbles, and you're not getting up until every single one is off your plate. We'll put links to the stories in the show notes, which you can find on the website at www.mouseflix.com. T-Swift was at it again. Fans who attended Taylor Swift's final concert of her 1989 U.S. tour on Halloween were probably assuming that one of her five billion celebrity besties would pop out on stage, but they got a big surprise when it was time for her to show off her costume. She appeared dressed as Olaf and was joined by a very special guest, Elsa herself, as Indina Menzel joined her on stage. Of course, they sang Let It Go, because... Fans are excited to see three new sneak peek teasers for Alice Through the Looking Glass. Each teaser is started off with a ticking, chiming clock and a play on words involving the idea of time. In one, we see Alice walk through a door and fall from the sky. Another shows a brief silhouette of the Queen of Hearts in her castle, and another shows Alice watching a bird disappear through a mirror. Johnny Depp's quirky Mad Hatter and Sasha Baron Cohen's villain Time were nowhere to be seen in the clips. FYI, if you're heading to see The Force Awakens, you might want to take a spin in the mirror and check your pockets before you leave home, because you just might have some contraband. Citing safety concerns, theaters across the country, including big chain Cinemark and AMC, have put restrictions in place in the wake of mass shootings that have taken place within the last three years. New costume policies are much more strict. At AMC theaters, patrons can bring their lightsabers but can't wear masks or bring in blasters. Cinemark is even stricter, prohibiting face coverings of any kind, including face paint, and all simulated weapons, including lightsabers. So yeah, that completely sucks. 
In other news, Miley Cyrus is a hot mess. Oh, sorry, that doesn't really narrow things down at all, does it? Well, what did Miley do this time? Eh, nothing major. Just Instagramming herself dressed as Cinderella with a big, fat spliff hanging out of her mouth. The caption, Cinder smelly high as hell on her bra strap showing. Sources say fellow Disney alum Selena Gomez commented to friends that Disney was where they both got their start and Miley's actions were disrespectful. I have to agree. It was bad enough when she tried to twerk, but now she's trying to turn a princess into a trap queen. Nuh-uh. No. Do. Not. Approve. A little boy blends the Hindu religion and pop culture in Sanjay's super team, a new Pixar animated short that'll run immediately before The Good Dinosaur. In the seven-minute film, Sanjay's father tries to show him the customs of his Hindu practices, but the boy is all about cartoons and would rather watch his favorite superhero show on TV than pray to a shrine with his dad. But then he imagines Vishnu, Shiva, and other Hindu deities as a team of superheroes and finds a new appreciation for his family's traditions. Pixar animator and illustrator Sanjay Patel is at the helm of the piece, which was inspired by his own experiences as a boy growing up as a first-generation Indian-American. This marks his first time as a director after working on numerous Pixar films, including The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., and Toy Story 2. Sanjay looks super cute, and I can't wait to see the adventures he'll imagine. This is also the studio's first time exploring Hindu practices, which means it's only a matter of time before somebody complains that Pixar is forcing us to watch something about religion and shouldn't be shoving it down our throats. Whatever. Haters gonna hate. Hey, you there. Yeah, you. The guy who comes into the theater at the very last possible second before the movie starts and climbs over everyone and blocks the screen while we're all trying to see what new stuff is coming out. On December 18th, I'm gonna need you to show up early and get settled for both your own safety and the enjoyment of others. This is because all signs are pointing to the trailer for Captain America Civil War making its debut during the previews for Star Wars The Force Awakens, and you do not want to be standing in front of anyone when that happens, capiche? All right, good talk. And that, friends, is that. The stars of The Force Awakens will be joining Jimmy Kimmel in a special Star Wars-themed episode of his late-night show on November 23rd. J.J. Abrams, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, and John Boyega will all make appearances on the talk show. We learned this information on Kimmel's Halloween-themed episode, which featured Harrison Ford, who was dressed to the nines as a hot dog for the occasion. Even though the cast will be on the show, we probably shouldn't expect to hear anything juicy. Anyone who has even the smallest connection to the film is under strict orders to keep their mouths shut. But the House of Mouse isn't taking any chances based on some other measures they're putting in place to stop leaks. Scripts were printed on red paper to make photocopying useless, which is something that isn't uncommon. But other targets are things that could be accidental tip-offs. For example, the soundtrack won't be released until the movie comes out. Toys that tie into the storyline can't be released until after the film's debut, and even books related to the universe are being put on hold for release until afterwards. These secrets are being guarded more closely than the president's launch code briefcase. And now, our feature presentation. 
audience is now deaf. If you've poked around on YouTube at any point during the past five years, chances are you're vaguely familiar with a certain type of video. To explain this video, let's first pretend like there's a movie you really, really, really want to see. And you've been waiting for it for a really, really, really long time. And then one day it happens. Word comes out that the trailer for your long-awaited film will be released on a certain date. That day, you wait with bated breath until it's time. You turn the TV up and shush everyone around you, or you put your computer on full screen mode. And then the trailer starts and you hit record. And afterward, you post the video of you watching the trailer. This, kids, is the ubiquitous reaction shot video. They're made by people all over the world. Some are nothing fancy. Just the view from the webcam that already comes built into your computer, pointing in your face. Others are edited and shown in split screen so viewers can see exactly what's happening to cause the person's reactions. A good number of vloggers will then do a commentary on their own reaction shot. But if you want to get really meta, you can play YouTube Inception and go to Person A's channel and watch that guy give a critical analysis of the video of Person B's commentary video on Person C's reaction shot. Are you lost yet? To help you out, I've put a couple of examples in the show notes. The reaction shot video is a thing, and it's here to stay, an element born of the intersection of technology, community, and affinity, the fandom. Fandom is defined as the state or condition of being a fan of something or someone. But the concept of fandom isn't just the state of being a fan. It's also the fans themselves, the people who are regarded collectively as a community with a shared love or enjoyment of a particular person, place, thing, or idea. With so many events, opinions, and experiences that divide us, fandom is one place where we can come together and have something in common. You and I are members of the Disney fandom, and within our fandom are hundreds of other fandoms, among them park enthusiasts, pin traders, Disney historians, and movie lovers. But two particularly large fandoms stand among us under this big tent, the fandoms of Marvel and Star Wars. The two groups came into their own completely separate from Disney, and they are Legion. I've seen all the Star Wars films and enjoyed them. Well, some of them. I think we saw all in agreement on at least one of them that sucked, am I right? But I'm not part of the Star Wars Phantom. When A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back came out, I wasn't even born. And when Return of the Jedi was released, I was too young. I wouldn't see my first film, of any kind, in the theater for another two years. My family didn't bring me up in the ways of the Jedi. Right this minute... There are 10-year-old kids out there who know more about this franchise and its galaxy far, far away than me and many grown men and women who actually sat in the theater when it originally premiered. And so, I find myself like so many others in the pantheon of Marvel superhero-loving, Star Wars space fantasy-enjoying theatergoers. The genuinely excited casual fan. I'll love the visuals, the cinematography, the storyline, and the action— but I'll probably only get the inside jokes and the Easter eggs that are the low-hanging fruit. And I'm okay with that, because I have a number of friends in the fandom, and they'll eagerly point out whatever I'm missing and why that thing is so cool, and I'll appreciate it. Have you ever felt that joy and communion where you realize, 
Somebody else gets this. Somebody else knows exactly how I'm feeling about this thing in this experience at this very moment. Your eyes light up and you're looking around for someone else who understands the real meaning behind that thing that just happened. And you see someone looking around just like you are and you recognize each other. And then you share in the moment. You might laugh together, gasp in shock together, scream at the screen or shed tears. And it is glorious. That's how it feels to be in a fandom. And even if you think the concept of reaction shots is silly, if you're in a fandom of any sort, you still understand how they came to be. And you respect the emotion behind it. You realize that people who post reaction shots don't have to look around. They've gone right to the source. They're among friends, each of them in front of their millions of screens, seeing the same thing at the exact same time. That's how they're sharing in the moment. And everyone wants to have that feeling of belonging. No one wants to be left out. So of course everyone wants to say they're part of that group. I call it fandom envy. It's why people make fun of Star Wars enthusiasts 364 days a year, and then on day 365, suddenly they're acting like they were ride or die with Chewbacca back in 83. Disney and Pixar are well aware of that dynamic, which I think is one of the reasons they released a reaction video showing Riley's emotions from inside out as they watched the final trailer for The Force Awakens. It was a smart way to get in a little more publicity for Inside Out, which was released yesterday on DVD and Blu-ray. But it was also a clever way to capitalize on fandom envy just a tiny bit. To give casual fans another in, to give just a sliver of that excitement. Not everyone can be in the Star Wars fandom. I can't wait to see this movie, but I'm not part of that community. And if you aren't either, it's okay to admit it. Really, it is. This one isn't mine or yours. It doesn't belong to us. So if you want to find me, look up in the very back corner of the theater. I'll be there, watching the movie. But I'll also be watching for the people who saw that thing and are looking around to catch the eyes of the other people who saw it too. This belongs to them. Respect the fandom. It feels like I just came back and I'm going away again. Hopefully this will tide you over as, alas, there will be no show next week. I'll be in Georgia performing matron of honor duties at the wedding of my eldest best friend, who I've known since we met as journalism majors at the Scholars Academy, more commonly known as Nerd Camp, in the summer before 10th grade. We knew we were going to be best friends when we teamed up to write a feature story in the camp newspaper about mental health in the Hundred Acre Wood. Spoiler, Eeyore has depression. Congratulations, Molly and Brian. And that's a wrap. Mouseflix is a production of Mouseflix Media and is produced by me, Kristen DiBiase. The Mouseflix podcast theme features music by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com. To all of you out there in the world or the land, thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Tell your friends, yell it from the rooftops, and most importantly, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Comments, questions, or suggestions? Email us at mouseflix at gmail.com. Find us on the web at www.mouseflix.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mouseflix. And tweet us at mouseflixcast on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon. And remember, popcorn's always better with a little pixie dust.
So one of my coworkers got a house. This is her first time in a real house in a real neighborhood with real actual trick-or-treaters. So of course, not having done this forever, she forgot about the candy. And so I said, you know, don't worry. Here's what you do for your last minute fix. You put a big empty bowl outside on your porch and put a sign in it that says, please take only one. So much easier than hiding in your house with all the lights turned off like I've been doing. Did I mention that I'm a horrible person? Yeah.